And now it's time for God's liberating, life-changing Word. And I trust each week as we gather together that you have a value for the Word of God and the difference that it will make in your life. Today, I want to continue the series that we began last week, a series on the grace of giving. And I want to reiterate that while this series is financially focused, it is not financially driven. It does not arise as a knee-jerk reaction to some current financial crisis. We have no financial crisis here at ACAC. This is about you experiencing every blessing that God has for you. I said last week that in this series we would be studying Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, chapters 8 and 9. Chapter 8 speaks more about grace than any other chapter in the New Testament. And in chapters 8 and 9, we see a number of principles for grace giving. So, as our text today, let me read the first two verses of that 8th chapter of 2 Corinthians, where Paul begins to delve into the matter of the grace of giving. Here's what he said. Now, brethren, I wish to make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. I've entitled today's message, Principles of Grace Giving. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, in these coming moments, I gladly and freely confess that apart from you, I can do nothing. By your Spirit, enable me to preach and teach your word accurately. By your Spirit, open the eyes of our understanding, that we might see life as you intended it to be lived, and that we might live that life for your honor and your glory. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And as we study God's Word together, may the Lord be with you. In life, we are continually giving offerings. Continually. If not to God then to ourselves, to the world and its value systems, or even to the devil. So the issue in our lives is never, will we give? The issue is, to whom will we give? Why will we give? How will we give? How much will we give? And ultimately, what will be the end result or results of that giving? Those are the real issues for all of us. Last week, I said that this series is fundamentally about spiritual health and that I felt God's Spirit ordering it for our spiritual health. We need to understand the grace of giving so that we can break our all-too-easy addiction to the heroine of materialism. 
and so that we can recover our God-intended identity as givers, not hoarders, not acquirers, but givers. And so that we can also experience the accompanying joy and satisfaction that comes from being a giver, that comes from fulfilling our God-intended destiny. This week I received an email from one of our members that illustrates what I'm talking about. Let me read from this letter. Quote, Pastor Rock, thanks for your series on grace giving. It works! Exclamation point. Ten years ago, I wasn't giving much, but I did have a buying addiction. I was eventually overwhelmed in debt. I surrendered to the Lord and asked for prayer. I gave all my surplus money to the Lord and soon got over my addiction and totally out of debt. Now I'm able to give and save with giving my top priority. And God always provides. I hope others find this contentment. End quote. Paul, like this parishioner, knew that grace giving improves lives. But Paul also knew that if we're going to learn something, more is caught than taught. People are more influenced by seeing an example than by just hearing words. And so when Paul wanted to give instruction about giving, he held up one church, one group of believers as an example. And they were the financially challenged believers in the region of Macedonia, the Macedonian church. And they were unlikely candidates to be examples because of their deep poverty. And as Paul talked about them and what they did, and why they did it, he shares with us the indispensable principles for grace giving. Today we're going to look at the first five, and then Pastor John Stanko will look at the remaining principles next weekend. But let's begin with principle one. Grace giving is dependent upon faith, not circumstances or income. The Macedonians, according to Paul's description, were knee-deep in great affliction. They were being persecuted and what he called deep poverty. They appeared to be the targets for relief efforts rather than a group of people who would seek to provide relief for others. Generous relief. Those folks in Macedonia could have easily said, Paul, we know that the saints in Jerusalem are in great need, but our need is even greater. We're under persecution. Our economy is down the tubes. We are mired in deep poverty. You can't expect us to give, not under these circumstances, not in light of our current condition. Look, we'd love to, but... But... 
Our participation will have to wait until the economy recovers and we get out of poverty and some of this affliction and persecution comes to an end. They could have easily said, we can't give now. But they didn't. Instead, Paul said, they practiced overflowing liberality or generosity with abundant joy. Not just liberality, overflowing liberality. Not just joy, abundant joy. Because circumstances are always right for faith. It knows no barriers. While unbelief never has enough proof. You remember Eve in the garden? On that day when she followed Satan's seductive lies... She was implicitly saying that she believed Satan was wiser than God and that he was more interested in her welfare than God was. She accepted Satan's analysis of her situation. Now, when we live as if abundance is the key, or acquisition, excuse me, is the key to abundance and possessions will bring us satisfaction, when we live as if circumstances determine whether or not we can give and how much we can give, if we base our decision-making on the idea that if we obey God, somehow we'll come out on the short end of the stick, then we're doing the same exact thing that Eve did. We're implicitly stating that we believe the world and the devil are wiser than God, have our interest at heart, and that if we obey God, we'll come out on the short end of the stick. And when we think like that and make decisions based on that kind of thinking, we end up with the same result that Eve saw, the dust of death over everything. That leads us to principle number two. Grace-giving exceeds human capability. It exceeds human capability. Paul said they gave according to their resources, which means those who had a little more gave a little more. But then he went on to say, and they gave beyond their resources. Beyond their resources. Now let me ask you, how can you do that? How can you give beyond your resources? And the answer is simple. You can't. You can't. However, when faith is willing to sow, God supplies the seed. When faith is willing to sow, God supplies the seed. If you want to see a miracle of God's provision, you must first be in a place where you need a miracle. Of God's provision. Many of us aren't seeing miracles in our lives as we would like to see miracles in our lives simply because we're not positioning ourselves where we need a miracle. God has said He would provide our every need, but He didn't say He would provide for every hypothetical need, every possible need, every projected need. Before God can provide for your need, you need to be in a place of 
need. And before God can provide you seed for sowing, you have to be willing to sow that seed. And when you are willing, you'll discover that we are not the source of our offerings. We are merely the conduit for offerings. God is the source. And God is not bound by human economies. God is not bound by the economy of the United States of America. God is not bound by the Dow Jones Industrial Average. You see, grace giving is miraculous giving. It's a miraculous proposition from beginning to end. God invites us to be his spiritual priests, bringing offerings, and then he assists us by putting the offerings in our hands. If you're willing to sow... God will provide the seed. That's how you give beyond your ability. Principle number three, grace giving is always voluntary. In contrast with the Old Testament law that required participation in the temple tax known as the tithe, new covenant giving is grace from beginning to end. It's not demanding duty, but the light. It's not rooted in law, but in love. Love for God and for what God loves. You see, grace giving is an echo. It's an echo of the cross, not an echo of the law. An echo of the cross. God didn't offer himself on the cross as duty. Nobody demanded it of him. Nobody ordered it from him. Nobody imposed it upon him. God's giving of himself on the cross was not an act of law. It was an act of love. He chose to give himself because of love. And love will always give at a higher level than duty. And so our giving is not to be law instigated, but love instigated. Principle four, grace giving, excuse me, is seen as privilege, not burden. Privilege, not burden. Paul said the Macedonians begged for the favor of being included in the offering. Now imagine that. Imagine a group of believers saying, hey, when you're taking up the offering, don't you dare forget us. Man, we want to be a part of this, and we're going to be offended if you forget us. And this cry was coming from people in deep poverty. Imagine being part of a local assembly where that mentality prevailed, where people look forward to the offering when we are together, where people considered it a privilege and a joy. The Macedonians begged to participate because grace-giving doesn't consider cost, but effect. It doesn't look at what the seed costs, but what the harvest is worth. In their case, they weren't thinking about what this offering would cost them. They were thinking about what this offering would mean to the saints in Jerusalem who were experiencing the deadly effects of a famine. 
They thought in terms of result, not cost. Effect, not cost. And so they begged for the privilege. And finally for today, principle five, grace giving is the result of first giving yourself to the Lord and then by extension to the Lord's people. It's been said, once you have given your heart to God, all other giving is easy. Well, I don't know if it's easy because it runs contrary to our fallen natures, but once you have given yourself to God, once you have given the greater to God, it's always easier to give your finances or your time to give the lesser. In many ways, the spirit of grace giving is like the spirit of giving in a loving and sound marriage. If you truly give your heart to your husband or to your wife, other forms of giving follow naturally. You don't purchase them gifts begrudgingly because some law demands it of you. You don't do it as dry duty, grumbling and moaning all the while. You don't do it because somebody orders you to do it. You buy gifts and bestow favor upon your spouse because you want to, because you love them, and because when you love somebody, you are excited to bless them, excited to give to them, excited to enhance their life. Your only regret is that you cannot give more. Perhaps you've heard the story of a desperately poor man who was out of work, who had an opportunity for work, but he needed an automobile to get to the place of work. And so he asked everybody he knew to pray for him, that somehow, somehow, he would be able to acquire an automobile. Someone who heard of his plight was moved by the love of God to purchase him an automobile and one day showed up at his home with a used car, the keys, and the title. The car had been paid for in full and he gave it as a love gift. The next morning, the poor man's neighbor came over and said, I thought you couldn't afford a car. He replied, I, I can't and I couldn't. But somebody gave me this. A friend gave me this as a gift. To that, his neighbor replied, Boy, I wish I had a friend like that. But the man who had received the car, after a pause, said, You know what I wish? I wish I could be a friend like that. The Macedonians had discovered that even in poverty, they could be friends like that. They didn't always have to be on the receiving end. They could be on the giving end. That where they trusted God out of love, God provided the seed for sowing. That where they focused on the effect rather than the cost, their hearts were eager to give, and begged for the privilege of participation. You see, God wants all of us to become friends like that. Friends who give where they see need in the world. 
Friends who give so that lost people might hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends who give so that blighted communities might be restored. Friends who give so that hopeless young men and women might find hope. Friends who give so that people who are in darkness might see God's glorious light. And you and I can be friends like that if, if, we will submit our hearts by faith to the work of the Holy Spirit, asking God to make us grace givers. Let's pray together. Gracious Heavenly Father, it will require miraculous grace for us to fulfill our intended destiny as givers, but you provide that grace wherever we seek it. And so help us in these days to seek that grace and recover our identity and break free from our addictions and become like the Macedonians, people who give cheerfully beyond their ability because of their love for Christ and the world. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week, Pastor Rock uh, announced uh, the uh, program project called Grace of Giving. And if you weren't here, we had a brochure and a card in each one of the bulletins. Uh, they would be available at any of the information booths. As Pastor Rock explained it last week, we're, we're going to give an opportunity to practice what he is uh, teaching us. And we have set a goal of uh, raising $850,000. Now, this, again, is not towards budget. This is not out of any lack. This is to finish the renovations at uh, Union Place. This is to renovate Rebels Bar, to expand missions and community outreach and a number of things that have been on our heart to do for many years. And uh, we asked our staff and our elders to make the first commitments, and Pastor Rocket said last week he wanted to provide that uh, figure for you this week. And so our, our staff and elders have pledged the first 10%. $85,000 has been pledged by our leadership. And this is purely anonymous. As we said last week, we're not asking for names. We're not going to send letters to your home. This is between you and the Lord. And as we teach, I'll be teaching next week, then Pastor Rock will be back. We're moving towards the end of June, then when we will give you an opportunity to make your faith commitments, your faith pledges of what you will do over the next 12 months above and beyond your giving. But again, this is not based on need. This is based on opportunity. And we are a generous people. I, I've said from the time I came on staff here, the, the ACAC members, attenders, friends, always respond. And so this is just an opportunity for us to focus our giving on some very important things. Now, next week, I'll announce for you, too, if you have concerns about this, if you want to meet with me or talk with me, uh, and, and beyond that, if there's a need, we will certainly set it up for you to be able to do so. But I'll have more information on you that, for you next week when you can call or a chance for us to get together. But be praying and be taking to heart what it is that our pastor is talking to us about, because uh, we have discussed this as leaders and as elders, and it's something we feel very, very strongly about that God has impressed on our hearts. Let's go ahead and bow our, our heads right now. If you're here tonight and you don't understand the grace of giving that started by God giving his son for you and for me, 
Again, as I mentioned earlier, I want to give you a chance to do that tonight. If you would make your way immediately following uh, the service to the prayer room, there will be people there who can lead you through a decision of faith in Christ. Because everything that we're talking about is predicated, and in the backdrop of that is God's generosity towards us, which was expressed by him giving of his only son on the cross to die for our sins so that we could live forevermore. So, Father, we, we commit our way to you again. We commit our lives to you. Speak to us as a people uh, of what you would have us do as we move forward in this project and help us to take this to heart. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together for the benediction. Reminder, the missions awareness will be taking place immediately following at 720. The visitor center is over there. If you're visiting, please come uh, join us. And if you need to make a commitment to the Lord, the prayer room is right across the hall. Take care uh, of that eternal matter. It's worth a few minutes investing, uh, and uh, it will pay eternal dividends. And now, Father, I thank you for this people. We thank you that we are beneficiaries of the grace of giving. And now as we go, Lord, may we be adequate representatives of your giving heart. Open opportunities for us this week, Lord, to go beyond the normal to the extraordinary that people would be able to say they must be followers of Jesus. Go in the grace of God. Don't forget the benevolent offering as you leave. God bless you.